Um, this is uh, um, Ernie Kanzler, one of my friends, and I could say perhaps soon to be a spiritual teacher, we'll find out. Um, but he just put out this book called um, The Silver Cord. And anyway, here's his biography. This B.I. <laughs> this B.I. has come now unto this lifetime, thus to the fulfillment of many lives to gain piece by piece the wisdoms as now must be given into humanity's conscious minds. Until this epoch of turmoil, I am here to give of my wisdoms, indeed as a science of a sacred life. Love life and life shall love you. E. This photo was shot behind the Ramtha as we, Jill and I, oh, Jill is his ex-wife, walked mm. upon to re receive our pearls. These natural pearls represent re represented our gains at the week, at the weekend. Sorry, he like his grammar issues. Gathering yeah. of the initiates. I was with the Ram. Oh, the Ram. That's cute nickname. <laughs> there in Elm, Washington, for he means Elm, uh, for about fifteen years. Not really as a student. Although I gained in my conscious efforts to mastership in the Ram's ancient days by the Indu Indus Indus River, I was his teacher. Our friendship is thus very deep. Um, that's something that he told me too, that him and Rantha go back yeah. every incarnation. Through lots of incarnations. Um, yeah. This photo shows his hand as he directed <clears throat> his thought to join Jill and I uh, as it be a wedded couple. Why'd you divorce then, homie? Um, he had realized my will as we walked toward him. Many in the assembly realized this in the moment. So he um, divorced Jill in the 90s, not just to spill his shit. And Jill is the one that actively chan uh, that channels Rantha, right? No, that's Jay-Z. Um, Jay, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I knew it started with a J. I'm um, just getting confused. Yeah, that woman's Jay-Z Knight, and she's much younger than him. Um, okay. but, but Jill's his ex-wife, and um, but when he astral projected to meet Jesus in that recording, mm -hmm. um, Jill was guarding his physical body. So even though they've divorced in the 90s, they've um, come back together. Um, and cause he's living in like a very small town in Arizona and she like followed him out there. So like they're divorced now, but they, they're essentially they're re still tight. remarried. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they probably lost some years there, but now she is like very much back on this journey with him. Um, which is kind of interesting and th that kind of makes my heart warm that like at 86, he's like so rekindling new love. Like, isn't this guy like, he's so vibrant, man. Like he's so like, like he hasn't given up at all. I know it. It's it's kind of like mind-boggling because like I, I think to myself I'm gonna be 30 next year and I'm like damn, well, dude's 86 still going at it still like teaching still you know he, just he, wrote a book or just, just wrote yeah, yeah yeah putting out book uh, all all these things that he's doing is it's it's just like I mean I you have to you have to believe like it, he's he's genuine because wh what. What person in their right mind, given um, his situation and status, would endeavor to go through this much effort for 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 no reason other than just to help people if they didn't mean it? Like that's compassion. Like he's demonstrating yeah. compassion, and like you know, the I, I think you said something about him um, a little bit earlier about like the uh, return of the Christ or whatever. <clears throat> um. I think that the you know we talked about this last time is it's it's not just like necessarily like an individual it's the consciousness the Christ consciousness mm -hmm. Christ consciousness way predates Jesus the Christ and that's what he's demonstrating he's just he's giving 
to the world what he can. His wisdom, his knowledge, his experience. And, you know, 86 years old and still just that determined. Well, yeah, that, that that's really amazing. Was <clears> like, shit, you're about to be 30. Like, Ernie would still call you a child. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't even be upset about that because as you do get older, you realize like, oh fuck, I don't know anything. I am yeah. just a big man, baby. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think, uh, well, yeah. Like his exuberance is is really cool. Which shit, I would hope he'd be uh, exuberant with his life. But I think too, like, I don't know, like, like maybe the skeptic, like you say, like at the very least, even if he's being dishonest, it's coming from a compassionate place, or he can't be dishonest because it, like, he's being so, like, what is he getting out of it other than helping others? Well, right? and I mean, it's it like it's a consistent narrative too. That the thing is, like, it, I mean, he would have had to plan this years and years and years and years and years ago to have this consistent narrative that through a lifetime of work and research and investment he's developed mm-hmm. right all tre- all trending toward the same ultimate goal which is just like helping humanity helping humanity wake up uh teaching um building creating spaces for people of like minds to come together right i mean all of these things like and it's always it's always trending toward the same goal so i mean to, to believe that he's not genuinely committed to this would be like saying like you know, some point when he was like nine or ten years old, he was just like, you know, it'd be cool if I just like tricked everybody by making right. them become better people or yes. helping them, not making that. That was a poor choice of words, and I apologize for that. But helping them become better people, helping them to remember themselves, helping them to learn, helping them to do, it, it's all it's all about genuinely giving back. And I mean, he he, if he wanted to with 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 his resources, he could have spent his life jumping from country to country partying all day every day you know doing blow like you did some of that too but yeah yeah, and and i time for both that's the whole thing is like there should be that but i'm saying like he could and you know exclusively have done that like there's plenty of people with like way too much resources that are born into this world and then they just like take advantage of it right. and they don't really ever understand like really what's going on. This man seems to understand and he's used at, at least par- part of his time because like everybody needs time to unwind. I'm not demonizing, you know, going right. out partying, doing drugs and everything. I, I'm just, I'm simply saying like that is not the only thing he's doing. Right. As a matter of fact, like I, I'm more suspicious of people that don't go like cut loose every once in a while because yeah, like there was a story um, that uh, his daughter's ex fiance told me. I think I came across an, a news article about it because um, everything like for this story I was writing about him, I had to fact check mm-hmm. um, or I had to like blatantly say like I cannot confirm this or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I this is one that I did confirm where he literally. Um, had a yacht and uh, and like covered it in like twenty hookers and like went out on this binge for like like a, a weekend um, where it was just him and like twenty girls. I I hope he remon- uh, remembers that fondly because like that's I mean, it, it, I I think it's uh you know a little occasional like that's why Dionysus is called yeah or Tony Stark probably yeah. yeah exactly that's why Bruce Wayne or not Bruce Wayne excuse me Dionysus is a god is he like you know like you do need that like you yeah. there that it, that does have an important part to play because if you're like if you get 
you know, with anything, whether it be science, whether it be what we're talking about with like spiritual things, metaphysics, if you get way too caught up in it, you end up becoming things like, I don't know, the Roman Catholic Church or, uh, you know, oil baron petrol oligarchy or this or that. And you're, you're only earning for earning's sake. And whether that be spiritual attainment, whether that be mental understanding, whether that be scientific knowledge, whether that be surely just money, I mean, all of that is an imbalance. Well, I think um, I think if you look hard enough into um, around the School of Enlightenment, um, I think you might find that like it, it did become one of those things. Um, oh yeah, that, that's what I meant earlier when I was saying like I think that he's a little bit, you know, jilted about that. Well, <laughs> oh shit, maybe like he holds some guilt. Yeah. Here, here's the thing though: is he did um, denounce the cult leader Jay Z Knight, and he literally thinks of her as like the most evil woman like ever like he he like hates her um and he said it was because um so for people who don't know i mean i don't even remember if we explained who we're talking about but who cares um uh but jay-z knight led this cult around the school of enlightenment in yelm and uh, well runs it's still a thing and she's still leading it um but basically in the 80s she started claiming um uh that this this age-old spirit um, at, from Atlantis um, was speaking through her. Um, and I think at first it was true. I think that's what Ernie told me. Um, well, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but but I think in, in the ramp the narrative, it, it was actually true. And then that's literally why um, Ernie left Friday Harbor was because... Um, was because... Ramtha had gone on to another realm and um, and she was still carrying on as if she had was essentially scamming people and um it makes you question like well if Ramtha doesn't exist um which let's be real very well could not i don't know maybe maybe he does um but like if if Ramtha does or doesn't exist um that was the single reason why he actually got up and picked a place on the map arizona and just dipped you know, like, like all of a sudden. And in fact, I t talked to people who he, who were working for him, working on the boat, um, the sea lion, um, who he had hired and he was keeping on like a payroll and he just said, sorry guys. And he let a bunch of people go and just dipped. And he says it's because Rantha left this realm and Jay-Z uh, was lying about it. And hmm. so, uh, you know, do you remember when this happened? Because, um, also like, for people who don't know, if you... If you want to check out even a little bit of uh, Rantha, Ramtha, whatever, um, the documentary, What the Bleep Do We Know Anyway, um, she's in. She's, oh, shit, I haven't yeah, seen that. Yeah, she's in that. And she she talks, and I mean, a lot of what she says, I mean, pretty enlightened, but I mean, um, make up your mind for your own. So I'm curious. Well, what, what, like, what year was this documentary? Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, so he did. So, so um, Rantha School, if I'm not mistaken, was I think 1986, and that was the year that, that um, Ernie came up and basically bought out the farm and set up the school himself, single-handedly funded it. Okay. Um, and then Jay Z ran it, and then uh, it was around 1990 that he left, um, and it's still a thing. So oh, wow. So is that okay? Yeah, because this is this is way 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 more recent than that. Yeah, yeah. So so no, er, that's why he hates her. Is Ernie saying for the last. 30 years she's been carrying on as if she still can talk to Ramtha and, and Ernie says he's the only one who can still talk to him well I mean 
I don't know. I, I would I would love to pick his brain about that. Honestly, we, you should send this to him. I would love to see if he would listen, had any feedback, etc. Well, cetera, us cetera. like literally talking about it. I mean, I don't think I said anything any disparaging. No, we haven't said anything. I have the utmost respect for him. Yeah, and I mean, neither of us have. We're like we we're just we're just speculating. We we've got questions. That's all. Like, and uh, like like I said, like this, the, nobody does what he does, and and even to that degree, where I mean, he he bought this whole place. Um, to to help start a school of enlightenment, right? But I mean, he even bailed on that. Like so, like yes. that. What kind of integrity? Like that's a lot of integrity. Well, I mean, because okay, if you're so, just looking at it as an investment, why would you do that? The, the, there's a lot I can say to that. Um, first of all, I think it's important to know that that when you talk about Rent the School of Enlightenment as this place where everybody can come together, like-minded, and we got to keep in mind that um, it was. It is most definitely um, a cult, and not that I have anything like against cults in general. Um, I think that there's an, an unhealthy stigmatism or stigma on that that doesn't need to be there. Um, but that being said, if you do really look into the history around the School of Enlightenment, I mean, they convince people to straight up drink lie, and she, like, there's like some sketchy, there's like there's some shady. Sh so like, yeah, I, I want to be careful, like, if the FBI <laughs> is listening, that it's like I, I'm not necessarily condoning Ramtha School of Enlightenment. Like okay, I, yeah. Like, like, like there, there could be some very good things happening there, but, like, the, literally the guy who, who solely funded it himself denounced it, um, and I know that there has been, like, some illegal things going on there. So, like, I mean, I don't know if recently, but, like, back in the day. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's why they keep, a, keep an eye on all these people, but, I mean... If talk about cults, like yeah, it is a very, it very stigma. But I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry, not to pick off. But like no. I, I don't know Ernie's intention of making. You're right. He could have had the the greatest intentions, and the second he sniffed wrongdoing, maybe whether or not Ranth is a thing, maybe that was his reason. He he saw some like coercion, and some illegal shit. What else would explain it? I mean, well, what that Ranth left the spiritual realm. Well, I mean way. that also, but yeah. like that that isn't just, like just because you know that could like they could both be true simultaneously don't mm -hmm. you see like you know what i mean because if Rantha, if Rantha, what if, if Rantha left because jay-z was doing crazy shit yeah well like, yeah i mean they could be all those things like it, this this person could have been genuinely trying to help okay let, let's say ernie ernie got this place found this person had this beautiful message genuine entity had this spiritual connection with them obviously a very spiritual individual obviously has a lot of capabilities that most people can can grow and learn they just don't it's like working out it's a muscle and found found this person Jay-Z who's channeling as uh, an old buddy of his Ramtha recognizes that but it's like okay, like let's let's start a place because like I trust this source. I don't, but not Jay Z necessarily, but I trust this source, this the Ramtha consciousness, right? And they start up, and everything's going swimmingly. And then because your human body is an antenna, even for your own consciousness, and that's how channeling works. Is like it's like you're a radio station, like your normal consciousness, your radio station. You know, your higher self is a dial up right and but then you can dial into all kinds of other things and let them come through you the thing is is like you have to be a pure filter so I, like i channel but one of the things that the the beings whatever you want to or or a, even if it's an aspect of myself beyond myself one of the things that has been made very clear to me is that i am never to accept any like monetary payment for doing so like I'm not gonna put on seminars where you have to pay 
300 bucks a ticket to come mm-hmm. in and listen to me talk to you whenever I'm just streaming information from a higher realm that taints the process. Right, right. And so now this antenna has been bent. And now that this bent antenna is coming through, they're feeding the information and still, but they're projecting it out right. another way. Well, assuming, assuming all this stuff is true, you're essentially taking like ultimate universe or beyond universal truth um, and using it to make means in this very like non-universal temporary sign that we are in. Like yeah. you're, you're this like, it's like you're, you're an actor in a movie mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden you're like taking shit from your real life and, um, and changing it so that you can, uh, like do the movie better. That's a bad metaphor actually, but like that's, I get what you're yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's really like the way I look at it. So, so people are corruptible, you know, to quote uncle Ben, you know, from Spider-Man, like, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And like whenever you're you're a cult leader and you're you know, delivering these messages and you see all these people like having these intense emotional responses is what they need to hear, like that can feed into somebody. And then like you start using it for your own gain, you justify it by saying, Well, I I am I am helping these people. They're right. more than happy to do this. And then it just builds and builds and builds like a snowball until, like, you know, if whenever you started doing this practice, if that you could look at yourself as, as you are now, mm-hmm. you would be disgusted. You would, and, and, and that's just, like, kind of how it goes. And part of it's societal, but ultimately it's up to the individual. Yeah. And I have a sneaking suspicion that, hypothetically... Ernie saw that transition, mm. that happening. I mean, like, you know, wh- which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's all related, though. Like, I, I yeah. don't know why else he would abandon a project like well, that. Well, that's the thing, is that when you look at his life, um, his tangible financial decisions, which I could and did fact-check um, with documents, um, lined up with his story, but all of his story was based on this, um, spiritual decisions, but they, so yeah, maybe he created this completely fabricated narrative. Um, I don't know. I think a skeptic would look at his life and and look at all the crazy shit he did, like a, like a very, very deep skeptic, um, and say he lived a life that, like I said earlier, one in a billion, there's probably seven people that have like fucking ever lived a life like his. Mm. Um, and if anybody's going to believe in some crazy shit and to like change their life based on some crazy belief, it would probably be one of those seven people that, but I have to say as someone who's always in between the skeptic and the believer, um, that I feel like, yeah, like maybe, maybe it was all fake, but the bottom line is, is that he had a deep knowledge of, 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 uh, his history of it, which means that he, he spent a long time, years and years and years doing research on it. And, um, and if he was getting nothing in return for that, if he's getting nothing back from all that study, um, if it was really just um, all he was getting at it was the same thing as reading um, any fantasy book, Lord of the Rings, whatever, um, and it wasn't actually making tangible differences in his life, why would you continue studying it for 80 fucking years? You yeah. probably wouldn't. Yeah. Which, which would make me, as not really a believer, but also not really a skeptic, think that there was a reason why he studied it his entire life. 
and it probably absolutely influenced all those um, decisions that we can tangibly document um, that he tells me are based on uh, Ramtha's reincarnated horse and this and that, um, and and Ramtha leaving Jay Z's body. Like it, it, it like brings a certain uh, merit to it that could be defined by craziness. But even I don't think like I think that that's just something. He's like, oh, he's crazy, but it's like. But actually think about that. Like think about, because he wasn't, he was like incredibly intelligent and when you're talking to him, he's a fucking normal guy. Um, and he did things that most of us will never dream of accomplishing. <laughs> so it's like, he clearly was not crazy. Um, and I think that these beliefs have their roots in rationality, regardless of if they're objectively real or not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much hits the nail on the head because you're you're this this dude with all that influence power and like even like look at look at your own life whoever's listening and you me i look back and you know i i love to talk about these things and spirituality metaphysics science all all these beautiful things art music name it love it but you also have skeletons in your closet too mm. you have you've made poor decisions you've done things the that aren't in alignment mental. with who you are now yeah. and that's how you learned not to be that yes so like you failure is a way better teacher than success way better teacher man i think about that all the time like whenever i get embarrassed i'm like okay but but how how would I know to not do that again if that wasn't embarrassing? Like, yeah. how, literally, how else would I have ever known that? You couldn't, because like, otherwise, like, if that was the case, you'd come in knowing exactly what to do all the time, and you'd be an automaton. Yeah. You wouldn't have, like, that would strip away free will, which is, like, one of the yeah. most fundamental tenets of the universe. So, yeah, I mean, like, skeptics love to focus on certain things, and I think it is important, and skepticism is important. I'm not saying it's not important, but just, like... Some people with like new age things get way too attached to, oh, it's all absolutely true. I'll listen to anybody about anything and do what they tell me and pay them it's however like much. It's like ego, which is like yeah. the opposite of what they believe. Exactly. And then on the skepticism side, you get too attached to skepticism and yes. um, you don't want to believe anything ever about anything. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's all feeding an inherent addiction. Everybody has... I don't, I, I don't like to call it a, a hole because it's more than that. It's like an involution. You have an involution inside of you, uh, a, a singularity, a point where things are pulling in and you have it, we just have this innate tendency to plug it with something, whether it's food, sex, drugs, alcohol, uh, spirituality, skepticism, science, whatever. Like we have a need beyond just our like physical needs to like mm. fill this thing man it's and almost like you're talking about uh what is it the fourth fucking hermetic philosophy rule the of polarity yeah that is <laughs> uh, that well yeah that's that is pretty much exactly what i'm talking about so like you have this this yeah. need but the important thing is to say balance but the thing is is like like I was saying last time, everything moves in waves. Mm -hmm. So you have... What is that, number five vibration? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you got I'm it. I'm doing exactly. my research. You are, and, and that's exactly right. Like, everything moves in waves. So you have to have uh, crests and troughs, crests and troughs. And, like, sometimes they jar you, but if you're a... Like, you know, I've, I've had really traumatic things happen in my life, but if you're able to, like, 
overcome them. And I, I don't want to say that compared to some people around the world. Jeez, like, I, I mean, I, 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 first world problems. I mean, more than that. But, like, it, it doesn't matter. The point is, is, like, all these things serve to help build you. And instead of focusing on just, like, you know, the skeptic's point of view of, like, well, I mean, he could explain it this way and he created this narrative. And instead of being like, I totally believe everything he did was right. absolutely for uh, perfect. Everyone's and, flawed, you know, right, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. And yeah. It, we, I don't understand why people forget that all the time. And it's important to be flawed. If you weren't flawed, I, I, I don't even know if I'd like you. Like, right. you know what I mean? Because there, you, how would you relate to somebody that didn't have flaws? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think a lot of times, like the the really hardcore skeptics love to just like call people crazy like oh why why did that kid um uh shoot eight people in in the mosque it's like oh he's crazy but it's like obviously there's a lot more going on there yeah you know and and i and i think that that's that's the same thing as like when um when people read read the story read about ernie was was like oh um this is an eccentric crazy person and based on his background that makes sense but if you really look into it like i did and you like, and I like really read like the bank statements and, and called his relatives and confirmed his stories and, and whatnot. It's like, um, and talked to him at, like I said, over like 10 times at least. Um, yeah, maybe he's a little crazy, uh, but there's way, way more to the story than that. It doesn't explain like a quarter of his story. Um, if that makes sense. It does. So, um, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to make this whole thing about Ernie, but I, but I will say as like a yeah. final note, um, that he really is the reason why me and you are doing these podcasts because, um, <laughs> it was like a year ago or what, and I was writing the story and, um, I would hear you say similar things to what he would say when we were working together. And I, that made me perk my ears up and that made me start asking you these questions at work um, and getting to these discussions at work, which made us think like, wow, we should fucking record this. <laughs> yeah, we should just um, sit down. <laughs> but Ernie was the reason, as a skeptic, uh, that I really started perking my ears up to both of you was because I'm like, these people don't know anything about each other. And then it turns out that you have heard of Rent the School of Enlightenment, which is fucking awesome. Um, it's just sick because I, I didn't like nobody like I know has really heard of it. And it's just crazy because I came into this from like talking to the people involved directly. And then it, it's like cool that it's like it brings legitimacy to it, I guess. Um, I actually reached out to Jay-Z Knight for a quote um, and she she didn't respond, which fucking sucks. But it's OK, because Ernie, like when people don't respond in journalism, it doesn't mean anything like the story's not going to get written or it's not going to get written as well. All it means is that you're probably going to get dragged and you're not going to be able to defend yourself. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened to her. And like all journalists are doing is saying like, hey, here's your opportunity to defend yourself. And a lot of people are like, like, oh, this journalist is going to write me in a bad way. So I don't want to get involved. It's like, yeah, we probably are. So you should get involved so that so that you have your voices in there, too. Um, but anyway, she probably thinks she's too high profile for me, which is fair. <laughs> but I mean, Ernie didn't. No, Ernie didn't. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> and I mean, he's like, he's the guy. <laughs> you know what's crazy about that whole deal is <laughs> the, the people in his family who I had talked to prior to him, um, were very hesitant to give me his number. I don't, I can't remember if I told you the story or not. Um, they didn't want to give it to me just because like, he's a very, you know, mysterious person. And a lot of his people don't even know where he lives. Like, um, the ex-fiance, oh, really? the ex-fiance had no idea what state he was. He said, you should, I think he's on the East Coast. 
Um, and then I talked to another one of his friends who said, last I checked, he was in, um, it was a bay in California. Shit, I know it's So like, are we sending him out by saying where he lives? Eh, I don't think so. I mean, okay. I found it, and I'm a stranger. Okay, true, true. Um, but, well, also, I, I never said the town. I just said Arizona. That's so, true, yeah. Um, uh, one, of the, one of his friends was like, last I checked, he was there, and that was before he moved to Friday Harbor in 1986. So it's like, he really does not keep his friends updated on his life. Um, but anyway, I, so, but a lot of his, so then there was a couple people in his family who did know, um, and I talked to both of them, and they didn't want to give me his number, and, um, and so, and my journalism professor has, you know, all these databases that they can access, that they pay money for, um, and they were confident that they could find him, well, they couldn't, and that, that was my next move, so basically I just called back his family, and I was like, hey, here's my intentions with this, and here's everything that I've done so far to get his contact information, um, and I just can't. And then reluctantly, one person gave me his number. And I'm thinking, like, if his family is this, like, iffy about it, I'm like, I can only imagine that this guy's not going to want to talk to me at all. And I call him, thinking he's not even going to pick up, and that this would be, like, another... I had the whole quarter to write this story. But I was like, this is going to be another few weeks before this happens, because this is, like, an investigative deal. And fucking the guy picks up right on, like, literally, like, one <laughs> ring. He's like, hello? Literally one ring. I'm like, hello? Oh, man. And I'm like... I bet you weren't even prepared for that. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was, like, shocked. I was, like, like digging through my shit. I'm like, I'm like, is this Ernest? And he's like, it's Ernie. Hello? And I'm like, and anyway, and we just get into it. And then this comes to, like, a thing where I interview him, like, ten times. And, um... And then I realized, like, what, what were people protecting me from? Because this guy wanted to talk to me so bad. And, and as I told you, I can't remember if we're recording or not when I said this, but I was like, every time I hung up the phone and I said, okay, so I just need to fact check that. Like, I was very, like, focused on my article. Mm -hmm. But I could tell he, he never asked me once about my article. And, uh, and I was like, so I just got to fact check. I, I got to cross check with, um, with the Loverick Shipyard who had had his, his boat back in the 80s. Blah, blah, blah. I was, like, doing all this thing. And he was like, he was like, oh, yeah, call anytime. Anytime you have questions, just call. Like he, like every time, like, and I could just tell, like, he was not talking about my article. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. He means it now still. Okay. Yeah. So with a lot of these, uh, esoteric traditions and like secret school kind of stuff, the, the student has to go through some sort of ordeal. Sometimes it's, you have to ask three times before mm. you'll be, you'll be told no, no. And then, yeah, oh, it's like Fight Club. Uh, yeah, well, he, yeah, exactly. You have to, you, you get shut down before you get it, and like too fat, too blonde. If he really believes this, right? <laughs> if he really believes this, and I, I know he does, just because of this, like Bro, he you, was crying. You, you heard the Jesus, yeah, word, he was crying. Yeah, you got through to him, and he opened right up to you. And somebody that's been spending their entire lives. And, and, I mean, my life has been really dedicated to this, so I can say that, like, when you really open up to somebody, it's it's for a reason. And maybe it was to open you up a little bit. And now he's just watching it bloom, like, wherever it goes, you know? I don't think that he's the type of person to... Man, that just gave me chills, actually. Right? Harbor judgment. Like, you wouldn't have... Like you said, like it's because of him, but if you look at it in from... Like our perspective, uh, that was the conduit through which 
Oh, bro, that's getting set me you, chill. I know. Because, because <laughs> talking to him really did set me on a journey, but yeah. but it wouldn't have happened if it weren't for you, too. Exactly. Well, the, then I just I plop in, but that's how these things work, man. It's cra- I've seen it happen time man, and time like, and time um, again. It's like... Oh, fuck, and I really didn't want to bring Corey up in this conversation, but... Um, but it's like the day I met him and, and he told me that um, I think somebody in your family prayed for us to meet. Mm-hmm. And that's a very dramatic and ridiculous thing to say to someone that when you first meet them. But we're essentially talking about the same thing where it's like, like that, that's a really dumb way to say it. Um, not to just trash on Christians once more, but, um, <laughs> uh, but we're essentially like, like it was, it's dominoes and Ernie kicked the yeah. first domino. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you would have told me that talking to him, because there's more dom- he really was one domino like he wasn't like the, he he wasn't like you know like fucking ramdas or whatever like taking yeah. me in like to under his wing and yeah but 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 he set in line a series of questions um that if other events hadn't happened right after um probably wouldn't have sunk in so deep but again man it always goes back to Am I just seeing something because I want it to be there? Am I seeing the butterfly in the ink because I, I it take like because of who I am, or is there really a butterfly in that ink? Like it always goes back to that. Like I, I don't I, you know there's no way to know. There's no way to know. It's perspective, and to me the most important thing is beyond all of it. Even if I'm wrong about everything I believe, even if every one of my crazy out of body or transcendental experiences are just complete nonsense and for some reason the DMT world isn't real and nothing is real well like but like how how do you draw the line like everything starts to unravel if you think of it that way or you could think of it as like yes this there is a purpose yes this did happen for a reason yes i created this yes i chose this yes this is my own free will if you if you even start to question that your whole world unravels and nothing matters. Everything right. is meaningless. And so, why are you still breathing air? Well, why do you do anything? Yeah. Why, like, why would so you? So it's like, yeah, you might as well. But also, <laughs> also, it's important to to think that. So what if you're wrong? Like, literally, what if? Like, then what? It's like the, you know, the the person who rejects. Uh, well, first of all, I'm firmly under the belief that that nobody really rejects mysticism. We all just carry it in different ways, um, mm. almost to an equal point, because literally li- literally anybody, the most science-minded person will paint a room yellow and be like, oh, this room feels better because it's yellow. Like, I mean, yeah. like, literally, or like, or like um, you know, the baseball player that has to wear a bracelet on, on or his, his, girl, his girlfriend's fucking hair tie, yeah. um, even though he's an atheist. But, you know, you know like those things like that, like every, everybody believes, okay, but whatever. Like, let's pretend like you think that you don't. Like, you're probably still, like, let's say everything you think is wrong. It's like, well, that person's still wrong, too. You know, like, like they think that a fucking, a hornet is a type of bee. It's not. You know what I mean? Like, every, like everybody, everybody's wrong about everything. Yeah. So it's like, so fucking what? Like, I, I think everybody is, is, is equally wrong about whatever bullshit they cling to, you know? Absolutely. Regardless of if, it, if it's about fucking, um, it, you know, if you believe in Valhalla or not. I just, I do think, though that there's a reason I believe this and this came to me when I was really young was I was always perplexed because I wasn't exposed to other spiritual traditions at a young age I I did that on my own later um, but I was always perplexed like how we can look at the same universe right all this in front of us 
we have to believe we at least perceive it the same um, because we can agree on things. And I'm not a solipsist. I don't believe I'm the only thing in creation. All this is just my projection. I think I'm a... I you know, not, yeah. Yeah, like, that, that's just, like, the most egotistical and arrogant system of belief. But how we can all look at this and not agree about a few things. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's incredible beyond belief. It's beyond reckoning. The yeah. fact we exist at all. The fact that we're sitting here at all. The fact, I mean... Everything that we take for granted every single day, all those books, that computer, this desk, my phone, even the food that I have in front of me, all of it came from somebody's imagination. And it used things in creation to create it. Mm. And so creation itself, like the universe itself, is magnificent and should be treated with the utmost respect and courtesy. See, everything that you said sounded deeply spiritual, but break it down. Everything you said was a fact. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's in context, it sounded very religious. Um, but literally transcribe it and read it. Uh, everything was scientific fact. All Like, everything in front of you is made by imagination. Like, literally. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Like, everything you said was literal. So, that imagination, that imaginative process has made everything for us. And whether or not you want to, like, slap a label on it, that thing, whatever that is, mm. is, is, is beyond reckoning, is inexplicable. It's not something that's just because your neurons are wired a certain way. Because where does the first idea come from? How do, how, where does it come from? Like, if you can tell me where ideas come from, I would love to hear your yeah, speculations no because that nobody knows. And that conscious field that permeates and penetrates all of reality, we're just we're a conduit for it to act. And that's why some of these things like channeling and stuff, it's not that hard for me to believe because I've experienced similar states myself and mm -hmm. I do on a regular basis. It's just like radio stations, you can tune in. You're just the receiver. And... You know, even people like Tesla, a lot of the great inventors that really, really shaped our modern world, they even claimed that these ideas came from outside themselves, mm. that they were sparked with, you know, some sort of uh, deus, ex, uh, deus ex machina, like divine revelation. Well, that's what or, it feels like, right? I mean, yeah. like, I don't, I mean, yeah, like, you, you do creative shit, like, that... Every time, it's like, um, yeah, like, I'll, I'll be, like, taking a shower or, like, doing something stupid, and, like, all of a sudden, like, this whole thing shows up. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't even thinking about that. And all of a sudden, I have this great idea for, you know, whatever. And, um, like, everybody will say that. It's the whole reason why, like, in fucking Google and, like, Spotify, they have, like, game rooms. It's like, they, they literally want their workers to just chill for most of the day and come up with ideas. Like, yeah. like they really worship... Because they don't know where ideas come from, but they know it comes from doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Or they know like that's at least um, can hit, um, can catalyze those ideas. Yeah, it's it's uh, for me. It's sometimes it's like whenever you let go, that's when the most comes. Mm. And I mean the shower, the shower, the bathroom in general. I mean that that's like all kinds of like sparks of like epiphanies. Yeah, you know, it's just like bam. It just it just it's like a flash of lightning. Well, um, well, and, and there's like. <laughs> 
like psychological, like um, like literature and psychology, which literally confirms this that certain things like spawn certain ideas and whatnot, and um, and that's what I really like about like the Kabbalion. One of the things is it always aligns with science, mm. always. Yeah. Um, and I don't know any other religion that really does, um, or like or like does to a certain extent, but then at a certain point bows out and says, "Here's our speculations." Um, whereas this one has a lot of speculations. Um, but it's ultimately implying that, like, if science discovers something else, uh, then we were wrong. Um, which <laughs> yeah. I think is, like, really interesting. Like, like a lot of this is speculating based on what we actually know about quantum mechanics. Um, and keep in mind, that was written in the 1930s, too. Yeah, and it was and it was based on the, the like cutting edge at the time. Yeah, but nineteen thirties, but and it was based on the teachings of um, like Hermes, right? Mm -hmm. He was like yeah. like even thousands of years older thousands than that. Thousands and thousands and um, thousands, yes. Hermes Trismegistus, the thrice great. Yeah. So hmm. I guess I guess I just think that like all this is doing um, none of this is against science. It's just extending a hand farther than science can reach. Um, and I think as soon as science can reach to a certain point that will continue to confirm where this is already reached, either that will happen or it will reach in another direction. And all of this will shift a little bit um, to speculate further from there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why it's like you can't even really argue with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because <laughs> it's like this is like like a certain percent of this is, is proved. There's no part of this that – well, there's part of it that isn't proven but not – it doesn't go against what we've proven. It, it, it only furthers what we've proven. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does, because your quote right now was probably the best thing right there that anybody has ever said about the Kybalian. And Damn, like, okay. I mean it. Right. Where, like, this is science. Like, it's undeniable. This is, dem like, you know, demonstrable, proven things. But it reaches one hand out further mm -hmm. to grasp what's ahead. And the thing about this is they're like hermeticists. I, I hesitate to even call it a religion. It's more like a philosophy. Mm -hmm. But it's like both. Because like what I mean, what where what's the difference? Religion, science, philosophy, whatever. But the one hand out in front, if they're wrong about where they're reaching, true hermeticists have no qualms dropping that, that, that that's kind right of, away. That's the impression I get reading this is that yeah. is that if science so if quantum mechanics were to get to a point which contradicts something in here, mm -hmm. um, I I would like to believe that um, this author wouldn't dig its heels in um, and say, no no no. Whereas whereas when you look at when you look at science and you look at Christianity they're at odds all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, when you look at um, science and you look at Buddhism, they're um, more in line, but at a certain point you'll find odds. Um, and I think, I think a lot of things are like that, whereas this is just saying, like, based on your science, or, but what's weird is it came before the science. Like, that's, that's also the part of it that's, like, kind of whatever. That's a whole whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't get any point that once the science confirms something different, then we're going to stick with what we have. We're only going to extend what you have further. Mm -hmm. And so far, the crazy thing is I'm not sure how much um, they will disprove. Because it's either, like, we haven't proven it yet or... You know what I mean? Like, like it's all very... I guess pe for people who don't know what I'm talking about, this, like, deeply religious text, but it really... Like, nothing in here is unscientific. Um, it just hasn't been proven yet by the scientific method. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Kybalian, K Y B A L 
ION by the three initiates, um, coming from a much more ancient secret school teaching that stems all the way back into Egypt. Some people call him Hermes or Hermes Trismegistus, or uh, he, he's the the reason why the uh, god um, of Egypt, uh, Thoth or Toth, however you want to say it, Thoth. I like to say. Um, I already called. Him, I always called him Thoth, but I've only read it. So. Oh well, yeah. Some people do say Thoth, and I mean, it, I I just say Thoth. So Thoth, Thoth, Toth, like whatever, um, doesn't matter. But T H O T H, that is who that neater is. It's not even a god. It's a neater, and uh, N E T E R, and that is the inspiration behind him. He he brought language to man, science, uh, the written word. Like well, not not necessarily language, more of more of like writing. Um, Keeper of wisdom. Um, there's another book after this one that you should read, which is the Emerald Emerald Tablets and mm. stuff. Dude, dude, Ernie, um, uh, Ernie told me about the Emerald Tablets. Like that was what gave him like the idea that he needed to go to Egypt. Yeah, I mean, I have that need. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't have the means right now, but I have that need deeply. Um, it it's Dude, I would it's, love to take a trip to Egypt. Yeah, it's That'd be fucking crazy. Hugely important to me for for whatever reason. I mean, that's that's the thing, man. Is like between these books and the wisdom that's been passed down for thousands of years, between structures like Gobekli Tepe and and the Sphinx, you know, that date back twelve, thirteen thousand years. Some some people even speculate thirty six thousand years for the Sphinx. So, so long ago. I mean, it has water erosion on it, and that could have only happened at a certain period of time. And mainstream Egyptologists don't buy into this because their reputation is on the line, so they don't want to contradict what they've been saying for mm -hmm. years, or their, their um, you know, very uh, conservative in their spiritual beliefs, and they think that the world is only so old, so it can't possibly be that old. But... All of these things, like between the wisdom, between things we're proving with quantum mechanics way before it was ever even supposedly, quote-unquote, conceived of, um, before they, you know, uh, built the Great Pyramid, what was there, like, was obviously something of a very high order of magnitude, of an, an incredible depth of wisdom, now, where they got this from, that's totally open to speculation. What's not open to speculation is that they had this wisdom mm. because we have proof of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, investigating that, I think, is hugely important, especially considering, like, we, we have the evidence right before our eyes today, and I refuse to believe something is just, you know, monumental undertaking that I, I really don't think that we could do it today, build, build the Great Pyramid. I don't think we could. I mean, like, well, if you united the whole world... They did throw but, human suffering at it. Like, well, it was built by slaves, right? Like, No, I, I, don't, I don't think so, man. That, I don't. And, oh, and like the Emerald the Tablets of Thoth, Thoth builds the pyramid. The Great Pyramid. Oh, shit. He builds it for a reason. I mean, it has I, nothing I've, I've heard the alien thing. I haven't even considered God's. Well, I mean, he's what you would perceive to be a god. If you, like, just how Jesus it's, was perceived mystic, to be a god. mystic master. Yeah, exactly. Like Some, yeah. And, but, like, way further along down the track. 
Like we're coming back to that now. We're coming out like of our where, sleepiness. Like where you can transcend your lifetimes and, and mm -hmm. have the yeah, same Yeah, Thoth does that. Yeah. I mean, uh, he rejuvenates himself in the halls of the Menti, which is underneath the Great Pyramid. I mean, if you take the dimensions of the Great Pyramid, you can get the dimensions of Earth. Like you got, um, like literally, the, how would they know the size of the planet, yeah. right? And build it at this perfect measurement, which I, I forget. Like, Graham Hancock does a really good job talking about it. Uh, like I know the information, but I have to yeah. look it up to tell you the specific I mean, numbers. It's like one of the great mysteries, right? Like no, like fucking nobody knows. Yeah, and it, the problem is, is like a lot of like mainstream quote unquote like archaeologists and scientists and geologists and shit like just continually buy into this idea that um it was just a burial place for khufu or something like that even though khufu's name is nowhere there's these huge corridors and passageways with no soot in them so they had some sort of artificial light source mm. I mean, where are they getting this? And and we know that mm. ancient people knew about electricity because of the Baghdad batteries, and that, those are from six to eight thousand years ago, or six thousand years ago, I believe. I haven't heard about that. Uh, no, six to eight thousand years ago. Um, yeah, they we find these jars which make primitive batteries with oh, an electric shit. current. Like that, that's all a battery is. So you have you have uh, copper and an acid. And you have it all, you know, um, contained, and that creates uh, an electrical output. You have other metal in there too, like it, it, that metal can differ. You know, that's why there's lithium batteries. There's, you know, I think um, uh, maybe zinc. I, I forget. I forget all this stuff. But I mean, you can make a battery out of pennies, and Damn. they have these from six thousand years ago. And so, like, you start to speculate. Well, what were they using them for? I mean, the, I think one of the more mainstream ideas is that they were using them for electroplating jewelry, but they, I mean, like, oh. they have tremendous amounts of these things. There's just, like, more, there's a lot of potential there. And yeah, well, there's not, it's not one, I don't think there was one singular usage, and these were way more crude. I mean, um, the Dendera bulb, have you ever heard of that? It's a, a relief... Um, and I think it's in an uh, Egyptian temple. So it's this. So you have a, the man holding the light bulb in the cave, right? And it's being held up. And that even looks Well, first like, of all, why is this man giant and these ones are tiny? Hmm? Like, why is he a huge and these ones are small? Oh, because... Oh, oops. Um, I mean, one way you can interpret it is that you know, their god or neater is the one delivering oh, them. Yeah, yeah okay, and, and we are the small people holding it up. I see, I see. I mean, that's how they would have perceived this kind of thing. And you have it here. I how, mean... How do you know these are light bulbs? I don't know for it's sure, just, but... It's speculation. I mean, yeah. there is, there's no, there's no place for anything like this in any other Egyptian, you know iconography or depictions of anything I mean, they and look you've like got you've bulbs, got yeah. what like the sun above his head and he's the one at the very front possibly the pharaoh like representing light yeah. and the way that the structure looks with a filament and a bulb around it i mean and this like <laughs> that looks like electrical circuitry yeah it does and it's holding up the bulb as well 
So this machine is holding up the light, which is coming from the knowledge of the God, which the Pharaoh is shining out into, uh, in, in, into creation, hmm. right? Damn. And it took all these people underneath it to make it happen. I mean, that's one interpretation, but you, you, despite whether or not they had that kind of degree of sophistication of electrical power, they had insane sophistication. Oh, definitely. It, it just beyond insane sophistication. I mean, like Puma Punku, Gobekli Tepe, uh, Darren Kuyu, the Great Pyramids, possibly. Well, it's like, <laughs> um, well, bro, help yourself to eat one of these if you want. But, um, you know what? I might have one. Yeah. Um, so I was talking to this um, mythology professor, um, I'm trying to think of his name now, I think it was Tom Moore. Um, and he was telling me that, like, this shit blew my mind, which to you, you, I'm sure you already knew this. Well, let me hit this and then I'll talk. <laughs> but he was like, he was like, did the ancient Greeks believe Zeus was standing on Mount Olympus? Did they believe it? <laughs> Maybe, like, um, some of the poor, uneducated people did. But he's like, this was a time of, of science um, revolution and, mm -hmm. and ingenious. This is the time of, of Plato and Aristotle. He's like, are you telling me Aristotle believed that, that Poseidon was, was, um, uh, was raping Medusa in Athena's temple? Like, do they believe that that was happening? Like, actually on Mount Olympus? Like, he said no. He said no, they didn't think that shit. Like, it's, like they looked at it the same way... Um, like some people did, perhaps. Um, you know, it's just it's just the same idea. Like like, uh, do you believe? Uh, well, I want to say Jesus like died on the cross, but in reality, there, he probably did. Like, so it's like I, I don't I don't know. I, yeah, like I don't know. Like like do you, like, it, it, but but probably they looked at it the same way we look at Christianity um, today, like post enlightenment, where it's like. Um, uh, a lot of people like like it's it's the primary belief in our society, um, but there's a lot of skepticism in our society too, mm. uh, and that's kind of he painted ancient Greece in that way, where he was like it, they kind of looked at it like Little Red Riding Hood, you know, it was more like folklore. Yeah. Um, was Little Red Riding Hood a, a real girl in ancient Germany? Probably not, and that's kind of <laughs> how they saw it, you know. And like Hans and Gretel, they were too, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, but, like, uh, it's like it's like was there so a... dark though? Children's but but so is, isn't that fucking crazy? Like like I'd never looked at. I mean, to you is probably not crazy, but I I'd never looked at like the ancient Greek stories like that, where it's like they they looked at them as if they were folk tales. They looked at them as Bigfoot, like ours is Bigfoot, which could be real too. I mean, well, in and a way. fucking Zeus could be real, you know? Yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> um. Are there a few endangered Gigantopithecus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is not the same thing as Bigfoot. I mean, though it is. Okay, yeah. But, 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 but it's the same thing as Zeus. Like, is there yeah. a higher consciousness that's dictating all... Like, maybe, you know? Like... Well, that goes back to my thing. Like, I think uh, everything has consciousness to some degree. And... Totally. Um, I think they... We have a tendency to anthropomorphize everything. And if you look at it at the time, like, the, the Greek gods did a lot of really fucked up shit, but you know who else did? Humanity. 
All right, and the so the gods you, were not really above humans in any way. Like no, they, no, definitely not morally above. Them. Yeah, and they were they were they were scared. That's why Prometheus got punished because yeah. they're like, oh, you know, you gave these fucking people fire, now they're going to be like us. That's why Lucifer was punished. Oh wait, you gave these people knowledge, you told them to eat, like now you're going to be punished. Always punished for knowledge. Always punished for like trying to get on the same cheer as the gods. But I mean, Socrates makes it completely clear that that is not how any genuine Greek philosopher mm. thought about these myths and you know I, he, like he, he, you know, he had a he had to eat hemlock they killed him they killed him over his his ideologies and whatnot like um, you know it, I I really I really have a hard time believing except for maybe like the common villager layperson that yeah. you know never thinks about anything and is just you know slaving and toiling away right. uh, most people with any sort of means of education probably would have questioned these things well it, it's just like just the image of an ancient Greek person um, thinking that the stories of Ithacus and all these people um, were as ridiculous as we look at them today, not as, not assuming that we look at them as ridiculous, but you know what I mean, like like as far fetched, and like the idea that actually like the primary um, belief was it's like yeah they're stories, um, to think that we always thought that, that that there was never a time where we thought that it was real, and and of course like there was always people who thought it was real, yeah, um, but to think that those skeptics have always been around is kind of obvious when you think about it, but I had never had it broken it down before. Yeah, I mean. Even, um, you know, even Jesus, he spoke in parables a lot of time. So these stories, I, I, I think parable is a better word because mm. they, it's, it's a, it's a way of conveying wisdom. Mm. And if you look at the time that all of these were either dictated or written down, it really jives with the general, um, you know, culture at the time not just uh geographically but you know in a time sense like totally. where they were at when they were at you always at, have to cross-reference yeah, yeah like w w what they were talking about what they had knowledge of um how they perceive things y you know all of it has a sort of a very mystical quality to it and that's, you know, I forget who said it, but somebody was like, you know, if you, if you show somebody, even right now, let's just put it this way. If I brought an iPhone back um, during the time of the Spanish Inquisition, I'd be burned at the stake. Mm. That's magic to them. It's yeah. magic. You know what I mean? And so these people, that, that's the difference between whenever I use the word magic and that kind of magic. Like... Magic oh. is just like science we don't understand yet because right. the universe does exist. It goes back to my thing. Like I can, we can both touch this right. desk. Like this is real. How does it work? We don't know. So if I'm inclined to believe things like the Kybalion and other stuff and consciousness really does have an effect utilizing that consciousness, whether or not I truly ultimately understand how right, right. it works it still works. Well, and it's literally been proven that, like you just said, we know this table is here. How, how is it here? 
Um, it's proven that it's not really here. I mean, I mean, well, well, like something is here, obviously, something's here, but um, but we know that that, that thing is at least ninety percent filled with empty space. Yeah, more. I mean, um, more than that. And we know that that thing is 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 com uh, composed of of atoms, which are filled with what, like electrons. And I, I sound I'm an idiot. Cause I I'm not an expert. I didn't study this, um, but. And, but what are those base particles? We know that they're proven that they're um, particles of energy and energy behaving. And, and so when, when the her, hermetic um, philosophers talk about everything's vibration, talk about um, it, it is literally, in a sense, proven, and it wasn't proven when they were writing it.